I've just watched, spent the last 15 minutes watching South Korean girls put things in their mouth. Intro. <laughs> so I usually have an intro written down, but I've not got one for this one. Um, I don't know, this is totally off the yeah. cuff. Welcome to the Totally Insane Tape Show. Hit shits, tits. There you go. Intro. Yeah, I'm trying not to live on catchphrases. Do you know what I mean? I am one half of this podcasting machine called Dino Peppers, and I'm joined by Mr. Is that is that the name you're giving me this week? It's the <laughs> Robocop of podcasting, the Jesus Christ of Jesus Christ. It's Boulamon. You get in trouble if you call yourself Jesus Christ. No, 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 the Jesus Christ of Jesus Christ. Because that's oh. what people say when I introduce myself on the Totally Insane Tape Show, or laugh, apparently. You don't like my laugh, people. <laughs> I'll change it up for you a little bit. There you go. Fuck you, Always. it's Boulamont. <laughs> Season two is starting off on bitter notes all round. Oh, wow. Uh, you mean other than the way we started the last show off by uh, addressing some criticism online? <laughs> I love a bit of criticism, I do. Not the Alexander O'Neill, whatever his face is, song. I, I don't no know idea what you're talking about there. It's in, it's in the paper. I don't watch Celebrity Big Brother or anything like that, but apparently loads of people have been kicked off. Here, one guy was racist to Alexander O'Neill, then Alexander O'Neill was homophobic to another guy. It's it's just like that Celebrity Big Brother thing. It manages to bring together like the most disgusting, despicable human beings alive, and that's just the people that watch it. Hang um, on. Isn't that how they plan it? It's cash. Eric Bischoff taught us that. I don't know. I didn't even know it still existed. It must be why they've gone for extra racism, homophobia this year. Yes, yes, they have. Uh, it's, it's great. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never seen Big Brother, nor do I intend to. I'm well aware of it because it gets shoved down the throat of the nation. Maybe not as much as it used to, but you know the fact that it's still on the covers of the newspaper. Bad for this country. Throw <laughs> up. An intro. Yeah. Um, any paedophilia news this week? Uh, no, actually, no. It's all been quiet on the kiddie fiddle front. <laughs> Did you say you just watched a couple of documentaries or something about a famous one? <laughs> <laughs> I am a morbid human being. Um, I have a fascination with the macabre. And, of course, um, one of the most interesting things that come I can't believe this. It's like the millionth mentioned for him on the show. Um, I managed to, uh, a couple of weeks ago on, on the Totally Insane Tape Show, I was uh, saying how I had trouble tracking down the When Louis Met Jimmy Savile documentary. Well, through the magic of the internet, I tracked it down. And uh, that magical related bar on the side brought up some very interesting things, like the last interview Jimmy Savile gave. Um, it was a 40-minute radio interview. I kind of listened to nuggets I gleaned from that. Is that um, someone the interviewer said, and you know, uh, when you do die, do you look forward to you know, is what happens? Do you think you see your mum again? And he goes, No, 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 I won't see my mother. She'll be in heaven. Don't let me in there. Um, he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Right about that, mate. Um, 
But then I really wish I'd watched it now, just purely for the sake of entertainment. Next related uh, video that they recommended, one which I presume is like a David Icke conspiracy one with magic title. Was Jimmy Savile a wizard? <laughs> and by wizard, does he mean like in the traditional Gandalf, Dumbledore, edition, or you know? kind of wizard are we talking about here because yes he did manage he, he did hide in plain sight rather garish oh sorry and i mean i also saw thanks to the magic of the related bar on youtube um they were discussing a couple of weeks after uh, he died on have i got news for you and um they were talking uh, about when he was on the show and they showed a clip of him being uh, feared in girls' schools around the country or something like that. Like that one of his famous <laughs> creepy, you know, ambiguous now we know what it means phrases and they the look on all their faces like make your skin crawl. It's um I, 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 <laughs> yeah. So um that was one of the things and then one of the other things I was watching, which kind of tied with it, it's weird because um I have a fascination with I love history in general. So I was kind of watching things about Caligula uh, I saw a really, really good um, show where Michael Sheen played Nero, and that was really interesting. But all of these kind of crazy hedonistic characters, there's something interesting in them. I think. Obviously, I'm not comparing Jimmy Savile to the Roman emperors. The emperors were mad, um, but they drank uh, from things made of lead. So, I mean, they were poisoned to be a little bit crazy, not defending um, Nero or indeed... Caligula, Caligula, famously insane. Uh, But yeah, all these weird characters I seem to have a fascination with. I think I'm going to move on swiftly to like uh, Fred West and uh, some serial killers (laughs) now. Little known fact, uh, I used to date... um, Fred West? (laughs) I I used to date a wonderful lady who I'm still very good friends with and her her surname is Haig. And she was one of the last direct descendants of John George Haig, who was the acid bath murderer. And I'm still alive to tell the tale. So, uh, you know, fascination with weird and strange people. That does seem to be a thing. You used to be a wrestler, didn't you? Is that right? I still am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm feared in every girls' school in this country. YouTube and um, uh, when I'm not when I'm not watching programs about paedophiles, uh, insane uh, emperors, uh, and history in general, I've been watching um, Tales from the Dark Side, which I've been catching up on, and um, a show which I haven't seen in years, which I used to watch in my youth, 
um, the mid and late 90s in the UK, we had something called cable television. The cable television? Cable. Like Sky, but, but like Sky, but I thought it was a lot better than Sky. Or you had the box on cable. Well, Sky One and stuff like that, but it was... Um, Basically, they had the Sci-Fi Channel, which to a young Bruce uh, Lamont was unbelievable because that is my, you know, sci-fi horror. That's the kind of thing I was into. So um, they used to show uh, a couple of episodes of Friday the Thirteenth, the series, and I just love the premise. Uh, it's about cursed artifacts, and each episode they would have to track down a cursed uh, one of the cursed artifacts, um, and each is a self-contained episode. Loved it, and I forgot how much. I enjoyed it, and uh, how much it was ripped off uh, by Warehouse 13 so many years later. I think that's the name of the show. Um, yeah, so I've been watching kind of old uh, horror shows again. I seem to carry into the same. I seem to go into like um, a phase of watching certain genres, and I'm still definitely in the middle of my horror TV genre. So standalone episodes, very much in the vein of the anthology series, you you like? Uh, very, very much. In fact, Tales from the Dark Side even had an anthology movie spin-off. My attention span, I'm the first to admit it, my attention span is terrible for a lot of stuff. Um, oh, there's a film you probably would hate then, I think I saw recently, uh, Willow Creek. I've heard of it, is this a Bigfoot movie? Yeah, it's a found footage movie with a, a couple that go into the woods essentially to document where the last sighting of Bigfoot was uh, written directed by Bobcat Goldthwait I mean I, was, I knew it I knew I should have mentioned Bobcat Goldthwait yes because he's doing a lot of directing now um, and, and has done for a while uh, his first movie was Shakes the Clown wasn't it yeah Shakes the Clown um, oh Christ there's a few others which we reviewed way back when. Yeah, it's God Bless America, a really good film. Um, need to revisit that at some point, actually. And Willow Creek, I don't think you'd like it because it you need some attention span to deal with the 20-minute scene. I think it's about 20 minutes where they're just in the tent and there's a camera focused on both of them while stuff goes on around them. It's just a fixed scene, one whole long, no cuts. It's quite. Yeah, I suppose you could say. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, you start the film; it's just they're uh, walking around places, and you get the locals looking at them and saying, "You, you shouldn't be here. You should go home." And they're just looking into the Bigfoot thing. It's like big tourist attractions, and but you kind of get the sense there's something wrong with the place. And then they go into the woods, and they get told to turn back, so they go the long way around. And end up going like just getting lost in the woods and it's just like a Blair Witch kind of thing but it's after Bigfoot I think it is pretty much like yeah it's very much based on that rather than all the newer found footage ones where it's a bit more action involved as I say it's a 20 minute scene they're just one set shot and it is quite dull but then you if you're watching it on your own in the dark it does draw you into it a bit and the end scene, which is I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, it doesn't actually answer anything. But it's a decent Sounds film. all right. Yeah, 
That's that was very done. much. Yeah, if you don't mind like the whole very slow paced, very different to what his other films are. And don't expect Zed from Police Academy to turn up making jokes and He's Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um It sounds very much like Night of the Demons. Have you ever heard of this movie? Way um, back when I'm talking like nineteen eighty. No, I've not heard of that one. One of the video nasties that were banned, and um, it's a horror film about Bigfoot, and Bigfoot's a like a dangerous killer. Or just he's brutal as well. Like, there's one scene where someone's in a sleeping bag, and Bigfoot grabs them by the head of the sleeping bag, them by the feet of the sleeping bag, and just starts slamming their head into a tree, like sweet, like giant swing style. Awesome, and and it's on um, or legally. <laughs> I actually watched through it legal means yes is what I meant to say so what was that again a night of the demon night of the demon I have to track that one down least big footy name ever <laughs> kind of has a bit of found footage stuff in it and we're you know this is 1980 uh, but yeah it was banned until 1994 um, and even then they had to take a minute and 41 seconds out because it was so popular and there's a castration scene. Oof. <laughs> that's not good. So, uh, that's always good. Or a movie. I'd think these days they'd actually let a lot of that slide. I mean, way back, I think it was the first show we did, I mentioned about the new Rambo film. And some of that is just, I don't know how they can get away with doing that. And that was, was it a 15? <laughs> Sorry, just talking while you're talking Rambo. Have you heard that they're making a new Rocky movie? But it's about Rocky, it's called Creed. About the son oh, of the public yeah. Creed being trained by Rocky. Talk about beating the shit out of a dead <laughs> horse. He's taking its teeth and then just ramming your knee upside its head a million times. It's... I don't know how much Over. more they can tell on that whole story, unless they're just going to remake the films from you can't win rocky you're in a wheelchair <laughs> i just pissed my pants right, Adrian. <laughs> nappy nappy yeah it could just be like a remake of the films from number two onwards because i can't see them making number one again In this day and age where it's like everyone's a winner kind of thing no one wants to see a thing where i mean the first one he didn't win did he spoilers sorry even the no last rematch. film didn't win. No rematch. <laughs> but that's yeah, the whole I'm thing. Like, no you, you have people who think they're the Rocky series because they've heard about it. And it's like, oh yeah, the first one, this, this, this. He wins the match at the end. It's like, no, he doesn't. He just goes the distance. And that was the whole idea of it. Now, if you make a film, it's like, oh, you have to win. You have to overcome all the odds. So they go from number two onwards where... Obviously, he wins the first one, and then the second one, he sort of loses his trainer. So Rocky dies in the second one, and then the third one, it will be uh, a North Korean the ghost, <laughs> North Korean boxer, juiced up on steroids and using all the greatest North Korean technology. Half boxer, half machine. Oh, oh, sly. <laughs> Yeah, I can see it being like a remake of the series, just rather than remaking it as Rockets. Like, well, we just slide this in and give 
give uh, Rocky giving the rub to Creed's son, whoever that will be. Probably Why not only. make a comedy? Why not make a comedy? Have Rocky's son versus Creed's son, and um, they both live next door to each other, <laughs> and uh, through a hilarious series of events culminating in a boxing match to prove their worth to their wives. You see, I, I'm Hollywood, I'm here for you. If that sounds that's like a project for Kevin James. I was about to say Adam Sandler <laughs> produced Kevin James movie, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea. I'm gonna. I'm the gonna thing start is, uh, the whole Adam Sandler connection. You can have um, what's his face in it, Creed, because he's in quite a few of the Adam Sandler films, isn't he? Ed Tubbs. <laughs> it's all in the hips, all in the hips. What was, what's his name? Ah, oh, it's gonna bother me. <laughs> As soon as I see the name, it's going to... Carl Weathers. Of course it's fucking Carl Weathers. From Predator. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) Flex, flex, flex. Obviously something played by Chris Rock. (laughs) Hey, man. I can't be backed in no Rocky, son. That was your racist joke for the week. I wanted to be a rapper. But nothing seemed to work. Then I got a new idea. Let's turn ourselves into gangster rappers. Are you aware that your band might be arrested for indecency tonight? Cell Block 4 is not afraid to go to jail. Cell Block 4 is from jail. It would only be like sending them home. And under no circumstances are you to perform Sweat of My You just, strangely, you've just reminded me. I t- I, there was a couple other things that I don't know. I don't know. Did we record at this point? But um, I saw two documentaries. Uh, arty farty wanky section of the show. Bully and his documentaries. Um, I watched a documentary produced by VH1 about the history of YoMTV raps. Um, I used to be a massive hip hop head back in the day, um, and I'd never. I was never a massive fan of NWA. The gentleman, not the wrestling alliance. Um, and I actually watched like a it was a nearly two hour documentary about the rise and fall of the NWA. Again, the gentleman, not the wrestling promotion. Um, and these gentlemen with attitude, they, they it was really interesting. And um, the beef that the easy about easy dying of AIDS and stuff, and very strange um, and. If, if any of you guys are kind of fans of um, hip hop, the YoMTV Raps documentary is available. I think it's the history of YoMTV Raps, which is really, really interesting, and it's a look at a really weird subculture that blew up into mainstream in the early, early, early nineties. Um, I cannot remember the name of the NWA documentary. I will find out and stick it up on the uh, the uh, Twitter, on the Facebook, etc., uh, with the link. But um, yeah. I, I, I'm not a big music guy, but it, it definitely took me back. Um, I was very young at the time, and um, I do remember stuff like Kid and Playing House Party and MC Hammer, um, and these were kind of like the mainstream pop acts to the kind of hardcore uh, NWA and, and people like that. So interesting. But yeah, I had a bit. Did these of people flurry. influence your own uh, singing career? Pardon? Did these people influence your own singing career by any chance? Um. 
I, I would definitely say that I was influenced by uh, Eazy E, and uh, <laughs> I'm more. Of a, I mean, I when I when I rapped, I sounded more like Ice Cube, uh, <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a little bit of Ice T, uh, but mainly it sounded like Ice Shit. So. <laughs> I used, to, okay, I, used to, I, used to, I used to do a little bit of hip hop emceeing back in the day, but um, this was before Eminem blew up, so um, no, it was around about that time. So there wasn't a lot of uh, call from white rappers at that point, other than gag. Because they bring you out, and then um, you're meant to make them laugh by the fact that you can rap. That's what's meant to be funny. Like, oh look, here, here comes here comes a white guy. Oh, he can actually rap. That's that's very funny. It's like when you hear Jack Black sing for the first time um, in High Fidelity. <laughs> Joke is, he's amazing. Not that he's shit. So, there you go. Did folks. they explain, like, um, with the NWA documentary, did they explain where the other guys went? Because, you know, uh, Dr. Dre obviously owns Beats and is like a multi-millionaire now. Um, Easy e died. Ice Cube is doing family-friendly movies. This is the thing with the OMTV Raps documentary. At the end, the first, one of the first people to appear on the OMTV Raps was Will Smith. Other people included Queen Latifah, Ice Cube, Ice T. People who have gone on, uh, not even just penetrate the mainstream, they are Hollywood players. Will Smith is a Hollywood fucking player. Ice Cube still produces stuff, um, still a lot of money. And then like people like Dre, Dre's making billions beats and stuff like that. So, interesting thing to see. I mean, one of my favourite aspects was um, Dr. Dre used to be in a pop group called World Class Wrecking Crew, I think, and um, they used to, it was for the ladies, so they used to dress up in like silk shirts and like have their cherry curl. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Like something out of Glee. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for Ice Cube to start on Glee, actually, now. Or if it's still going, or I mean, you know that um, there's a you know that this year this is topical because uh, August 14th this year, uh, straight out of Compton, the movie comes out, which is the biopic of NWA, and um, Ice Cube's son O'Shea is actually playing his dad. There was a picture online of the group together, actually, uh, of the, the the actors playing them. Um, it's Jason Mitchell and Corey Hawkins as Easy E and Dr. Dre. Uh, Aldis Hodge plays MC Rent, and Neil Brown Jr. will play DJ Yard. Probably worth checking out then. I mean, it was like, yeah, I, because I'm a middle class white boy, uh, it's something I couldn't, it was an aspect of life that I could only hear about through music. You know, this ghetto life and the gangs and the. It is interesting. I wouldn't want to live like it, and I certainly don't emulate it, and I didn't back then. Um, I know who I am, and I've always known who I am. But even when I was rapping, I wasn't like, yo, I've got guns. I've got tons of guns. I've got bitches for days. I don't like it. I don't. I don't have any guns. I don't have any bitches. I've got one bitch. She's a Patterdale Terrier. Um, <laughs> I do. I am as good a ride as a limo, so uh, I'm sure that was uh, one of the lyrics... Long and a good so ride. I've heard. Long and a good ride, just like a limo. Ah, <laughs> uh, happier times. Well, I mean, let's talk. I mean, let's just quickly while we're on this subject. Um, have you ever heard of Fear of a Black Hat 
or CB4? Uh, CB4, yes, many years ago I watched that one. CB4 is like the mainstream version of Fear of a Black Hat. Fear of a Black Hat was about a group called um, Iron and Iron. Gentle, I'm going to say gentlemen instead of the word. Gentlemen with hats instead of with attitude. <laughs> this is NWH. And this is one of my favourite comedy films ever. Uh, with one of the best, with literally the best soundtrack you've ever heard. It pays, parodies everything. There are visual gags. Um, yeah, the movie's called Fear of a Black Hat which is a parody of Fear of the Black Planet, which is a uh, public enemy album. And it's a mockumentary chronicling the rise and fall of NWH, a 1990s group. And uh, in the lead is a guy called Rusty Candif. And Rusty Candif went on to produce The Chappelle Show, uh, which is uh, obviously one of the best movies in the past kind of 20 years, for those that haven't seen it. Uh, and you and you got the characters Tasty Taste, Tone Deaf, and Ice Cold. Um, <laughs> there's like a Vanilla Ice character in the film who shows up three times and gets the shit kicked out of him every time he's on screen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing, just remembering the film. There's a song called Come Pet the Pussy. It's not about sex. It's about uh, it's political unrest, stabilized society. Yes, there you go. I remember um, political unrest. We've got to stabilize society. I must confess. Yes, good times. Um, but yes, every song is a parody of an actual rap song. Um, there's my peanuts. <laughs> my peanuts. Um, I'm, I'm probably not giving it justice. It's definitely worth checking out if you like guns, hoes, and comedy. Uh, this is the one for you. I mean, back then there were so many kind of rap comedies. Um, CB4 being the most famous one, Rock Straight Out, Low Crash, Crazy Motherfucking, and Gusto. I fucked your wife because the bitch was a fat hoe. I fucked your sister. I fucked your cat. I would have fucked your mom's, but the bitch was too. These are lyrics you don't forget. <laughs> Ever. I know every lyric to Straight Out, Low Crash still. Um, and of course, the uh, the affirmative classic I'm black, y'all. I'm black, y'all. I'm blackity black, and I'm back, y'all. <laughs> um, I sweat from my balls. <laughs> sweat from my balls. <laughs> I get paid by them. Sweat from my balls. <laughs> Bringing back some good memories. Um, just, just quickly, the NWH movie, Fear of Black Hat, did actually have a single release which wasn't on the movie called Ice Froggy Frog, which was a parody and parody video of Snoop Doggy Dog. And again, a video worth finding. YouTube. The magic. We might as well just call this like the YouTube Association Society. And that would be a real appreciation yeah, like... secretive society. Ass. For sure. <laughs> so we've gone from tits to ass. There is nothing. <laughs> I'm okay well, as the Road Dog and Billy Guns music. Uh, sorry, as, as, <laughs> as Billy Guns music used to say. I'm a nice man. <clears throat> See, we've even got a danger. <laughs> um, trying to think of some of these other hood comedies I saw back in the day. There was Friday, of course. Would House Party come into that one, or was it a bit too? House Party's like the poppy version, although it was a lot more. It, for some reason, I always thought House Party was like kind of kidified. But um, got how many fucks there were in that movie. Running around town like a bitch in heat, because me and my boys, we can't be beat. Track you down because you smelly like gas. And we're going to kick your fucking ass. 
seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. This has been the Bully Drops, Bombs and Hip Hop episode. <laughs> the booty with attitude show. Booty with that BWA. Um, I mean, there is. Uh, it's weird because um, there's a couple of gang, uh, sorry, uh, hood-related horror movies as well. There's Tales from the Hood, which is an anthology movie, uh, and Leprechaun uh, in the Hood. Not the Hood. That would be insulting. Um, <laughs> No, there's uh, there is a load of uh, interesting stuff. Go and check out some of these hood comedies, y'all. Shoot the Defence is the opinionated, entertaining football show with serious debates you're looking for. We have a variety of guests from ex-footballers to journalists, members of parliament to athletes. Every month, former Chelsea, Swansea and Brighton striker Leon Knight weighs in with his opinions on night vision. So tune in on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, ShootDefence.com and the FNX Network. And let Stel, John, Mike and Stuffy give you a free football lesson. Follow us on Twitter at ShootTheDefence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all fucking ages. My name is Dino Peppers and I have a question for you. Do you like this podcast you're listening to? Do you? Then you need to let us know. Head over to the Totally Insane Tape Show website at, conveniently, totallyinsanetapeshow.com and see all the platforms we are available on. As of this recording, you can listen to and watch us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud and, hey, even in video format on the YouTube network. Yes, YouTube. Video. Amazing, isn't it? Social networking? We have Twitter and Facebook covered. Go to one, two, three, help all the places that we are currently available to download, stream and interact with. Click the subscribe, like, RT, upvote and or share button, whichever is applicable for that site. Give the show the highest rating possible on that site. Leave a comment and review. It doesn't have to be Shakespeare. It doesn't have to be Dickens. It doesn't even have to be up to Dan Brown standards. A simple, great show lads will do. We're not worried if you're not as cunning a linguist as Mr. Lamont. Just leave a note to say how much you enjoy or dislike the show. Yes, dislike. We don't mind a well-thought-out, critical comment from time to time, as long as you're not being a cunt about it. Because we want to improve, and your input is important to us. So I'll repeat that question. Do you like this podcast you are listening to? The address you can answer that on is totallyinsanetateshow.com. All the links are there, all the shows are there, and we want all of you there. Because as Boulamont always says, Highly recommended. This blatant begging message was brought to you by the people at the Tony Insane Tape Show and 8oClockComics.com. 8oClockComics.com, we draw stuff. Greetings, podcast fans. Uh, I'm Mossman, off of 80s cartoon Masters of the Universe. And as you can imagine, since that cartoon finished, I've had plenty of time on my hands to check out all the geeky podcasts on the internet. And trust me when I say, the best one around is the Milking It podcast. 
They review films, TV, comics, wrestling, and anything else from the week of geek. And what's more, you can get it on iTunes, you can get it on Stitcher, or you can get it on direct link from the milkingitpodcast.com. That's milkingitpodcast.com. So, check out David Davis on the Totally Insane Tape Show's own Boulamont on the Milking It Podcast now! <laughs> anyway, guys, got to get going. I've just had a very strange text from Ram Man about his battered rosebud. <laughs> Sounds like Fisto's been messing about in his garden again. Take it easy! Now, obviously, the website details are all in the ad break somewhere. Uh, you can go to the blog site. We'll be posting all the videos Boo just mentioned. Right got my work cut out for me because there's about 50 of them <sighs> there's trailers for all of this shit I'm sure it'll be fine yeah it's true uh, something we do have to mention in a couple of weeks we'll be at Demon Con 9 you have a look on your face there it's, it's surprising you no no I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware of it it's alright I'm coming to terms with the fact that I've got to go back to Kent um <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, insulting Kent and then having to go there after insulting it. I'm, 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 I'm a Kentish boy. I, mean, I, uh, I was, uh, you know, I've been there many years. They will open their arms to me and accept me back like the prodigal son that I am. Kent, I'm coming for you, baby. Specifically, Maidstone on the insert date here of March. It's fifteenth of February uh, in <laughs> Maidstone. <laughs> So the Royal Star Shopping Centre, Maidstone, which, uh, yeah, you can check that on Google. It's uh, type really in on your phone the details. Really want to come and check us out. You know, come and say hello. We'll sign some shit for you. Hell, you may even have a special guest spot on a very exciting episode of the Totally Saint Age Show, which you may or may not get to record at DemonCon. We're going to attempt it. I don't want to promise anything. Um, because uh, very much like the Comic-Con episode that was going to be recorded in Nottingham, <laughs> uh, it was just so loud, so busy there, we just didn't get the opportunity. Maybe the good shit eventually, but um, see what we can come up with. But come on, come down, buy some sketches, buy some comics from 8 o'clock comics. We'll have all the, the full range of all the goodies. Um, Devil Dolls, Psycho Lolita, you name it. Even if you want your picture drawn as Batman, because Dean hates it when he has to draw Batman. <laughs> Come on, all your Batman pictures now. Get down to Demon Con, Maidstone, February the something. We're going to be there. <laughs> Boo will be in cosplay as uh, a member of uh, NWA or NWA. <laughs> sorry. Can you guess which one? Okay. Yes. Um, as long as I don't get kicked out, I will be coming in full <clears throat> gentleman with attitude regalia. Billy <laughs> said it. My apologies. I don't, I, don't, I don't like the word, even though in terms of when you're speaking about that group, it's okay, maybe. No, it's never okay. Don't don't include that. Yes, I'll be dressing up as a member of, uh, of uh, NWA or possibly NWH. Um, so or CB4. I'm, I'm, I'm probably just going to stick my Stephen Hall. <laughs> so it's a comic convention. People always appreciate that. <laughs> Oh, there's the dirty laugh people don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Come at me, Internet. Come at me. I challenge all of you. A cube. 26 rooms high. 
76 rooms across. 17,576 rooms. Does anybody remember how they got here? Why would they throw innocent people in here? Are we being punished? There's a way in here, so there's got to be a way out. Do you think they'd go to all the trouble to build this thing if we could just walk out? Take a good long look around. I got a feeling it's looking at us. We have about three days without food and water before we're too weak to move. I just want to wake up. I looked in the room down there and something almost cut my head off. Motion detectors integrated into the walls. Tough to spot. You're not getting out of here. Yes, we are. There is no way out of here. We need to get around the trap. They're identified by prime numbers. We'll figure it out. I can't. I'm not dying in a rat maze. No more talking. No more guessing. You gotta save yourselves from yourselves. Alright, gonna go back a bit to something you were mentioning previously about the Science Fiction Channel. Yes, uh, I actually watched, remember watching a film on there years a and years ago. Film? Yes, a film. Uh, it's one I revisited recently to see if it sort of stood up to my memory. Really, uh, it's the Cube. Cube. I remember the Cube. Yeah, uh, low budget. There was there were sequels which I never tracked down. Wasn't there a, a sequel and a prequel? Yeah, there was a sequel which was uh, the Cube, Cube Hypercube. I think Beyond, it was Beyond. I think yeah, yeah that was it. Yeah. And then Cube Zero was the prequel, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think that one took place outside of the Cube to a certain extent, where people were watching it. Maybe a little bit like um, what do you call it, Cabin in the Woods kind of thing. It was yeah. very meta. I remember it being kind of very weird um, meta style. Yeah, um, I've been looking for, for a while actually on DVD, but it's, um, I think it hit its 15th year anniversary uh, a couple of years back and it came out. Remember when it came out? God. Yeah. I think I remember watching it on the Science Fiction Channel, which is what sort of brought it up really. Um, but yeah, it's like a low budget Canadian horror set in one room and they just change the lights behind each panel to signify they've moved rooms or essentially six people have to get through the cube and somehow get out of it by figuring out puzzles and along the way there's like traps set some rooms have like uh, cheese grater type things on them but yeah just revisit it to see if it stood up to it and apart from a few bits of dodgy science fiction tv special effects they, they used back then and some really bad acting it was still pretty good I remember it being quite good. I remember it being quite gory, especially the scene where the man is reduced to cubes. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some there's some stick out moments that really do stay with you. I think the bit Very that sticks out for me was um, uh, there's a character who's mentally handicapped who's kind of uh, has a bit of Tourette's type stuff where it's making noises at random, and they have to get through a room without making any noise, and they have to go from the ceiling down through another door. And that whole scene has to be taken like complete silence. So it's one character who's quite unpredictable, and the angry police officer character having to get through last, and it's just kind of gripping side of the seat type tension. I mean that still works as well. I think mean, now watching it, you kind of pick up on the naming of the characters because the police officer is called Quentin. Obviously, a reference to San Quentin. Uh, kind of an aggressive female character called Holloway. Uh, named after a female prison in England called Holloway. Uh, Kazan, the 
mentally handicapped one is uh, named after a Russian mental institution and stuff like that. So the characters relate to the prison's kind of characteristics and things they've learned from them. So you kind of pick up on that and you get like the characters are basically going to be Quentin's quite an aggressive prison, militaristic. So yeah, he's going to be quite angry at the end of it. And sort of, yeah. Let's say, apart from a few dodgy special effects, it's still pretty good and definitely worth watching. I found out it was um, the creator, the writer, actually made a 20-minute short film a couple of years afterwards which explained the entire story of the queue from outside of it. But they actually destroyed the film, saying they didn't want anyone to know what was going on outside of it. It's like a mystery completely. Yeah, which would have been quite good if actually sort of included on the... Um... Why bother making sequels? <laughs> Three, well, two sequels. Well, it isn't even... I don't think they were involved in the sequel. Well, the sequel was like a completely different thing. It was like a more modern version. But yeah, I would like to have seen that short. Just to maybe find out why it was there. Apparently in the third... Sorry, I'm just having a look at the... The prequel explains the origins of the cube and the people... That... Oh, there is actually an explanation by the prequel. Yeah. Well, now I don't want to watch that. Because <laughs> it may be different sure. to what the actual exclamation was in a 20 minute short. I don't know. It's just doing, it's like making sense of something that doesn't need to be made sense of. I mean, does that take away from certain films where you have, um, say, a zombie outbreak? Night Living Dead, it was like a meteor come down to Earth and infected people and so on. It's like, it's not a massive scientific explanation. Whereas World War Z has the fact that it can be cured. I have to explain a lot of it, and it's like oh, chemical imbalances, blah blah blah. World War Z was, yeah. Hmm. It's still talking about. It. I didn't. I. I don't know whether I really enjoyed it or not. That was the weird thing. Um, I love the book, but um, the film was definitely. Uh, that's what you get when you put like A-listers in a zombie film. A bit too much. Yeah, because everyone's meant to be expendable in a zombie film, which is why they generally use unknowns. You knew that there was no way that Brad Pitt was going to die. No way. for a swerving. I mean, what was the film recently that had like a biggish name? Godzilla. Godzilla? Yeah. Yeah. Talking about Cranston. Yeah. Spoiler alert, kids. He <laughs> dies about 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah, you still not watched that. Um, As discussed last week, I still haven't watched a lot of films from last year. Yeah, yeah. 2014. <laughs> Godzilla didn't even come near my best of list. Uh, <laughs> even though it was one of the six films from the year 2014, I did. Oh, you managed to do it then? No. Uh... They've, they've um, took aspects from our last episode uh, to put into a nice little crossover. That's the latest episode of the Milk Podcast, episode 40, available for download now on iTunes. It just and um, but there's uh, aspects of uh, our last conversation yeah, to explain not uh, a year of ends. Do you think this year you'll actually start watching a bit more? I mean, is there any films out this year you want to watch, or films that have been anticipated for this year? Uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, obviously. No matter what I say about it, I'll watch it because I need to know. Oh, if it's, is it Phantom Menace or is it Empire? See, I was, very, I was very political then. I said Empire because it's generally regarded as the best one. My favourite Star Wars movie is actually Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you like the Muppets? 
I do like the Muppet. I like the Muppets in the original version. I do not like the CG Muppet. It's like Max Rebo and and you know you've got Sally Snoodles and Droopy. Droopy. Um, when I get technical, it's uh, um, Dan and the Modal Notes. No, that's the the uh, the uh, band on. Uh, sorry, just uh, just I'm a massive nerd. Everybody, I, I just realised <laughs> I, I had that sad realisation when I could name all the band members from two different bands from the Star Wars. Um, I think yeah, it's in a situation the... where people like it because it's not going to be Phantom. I don't think it'll capture the same magic as the original one, but people will like it because it's it's not Phantom. No, it's, it's Star Wars for a new generation. It's Star Wars for the Frozen generation. Ugh, that felt dirty. That felt dirty saying it, but it is. It's <laughs> it, it's Star Wars for the Frozen generation. It's all the kids who are now like I was talking to a, a young friend of ours the other day, and uh, Mr. Bailey, and he was saying how Star Wars was like that was the thing when he was a kid. He was young when Phantom Menace. He was very, very young when Phantom Menace came back. There was a buzz on my, you know. I was in my late teens by then, and I was wanting the same thing from my childhood, and I didn't get it, which is why I was so disappointed. If you don't have anything to base on, Phantom Menace is probably just a really sci-fi film full of aliens and laser swords, and you know, nothing to compare it to. So these these kids are coming in. They're going in raw. They're coming in fresh, and um, it's for them. They've got all the old cast in just to appease us old bastards. And um, it's true. Not, again, it's not for us. There, there's an aspect that's for us to appease us, but the film itself is not for us. So I'm going to hold back on absolute excitement until I have seen. <laughs> Same with Avengers. I should, probably should not say this at a risk of alienating myself. Marvel are oversaturating the fuck out of their movies. I've seen so much of Age of Ultron already um, that I'm not going to rush to see it because there's no surprises. As soon as I've seen Vision on full screen, that's it. Um, and then I can wait. For I watched the first trailer. I'm not going to bother watching it anymore. It's like, yeah, you've got me money already. Stop it. What about the Ant? I mean, the Ant Man trailer did nothing for me either. That made me sad. If anything, I was like, "Is this what it's come to?" I'm just not excited. There is one thing. There is one thing I am fucking excited for tonight. And this day um, is uh, in the UK. It is Monday, the 19th of January, and midnight tonight in the USA. The hour-long Venture Bros special starts, and apparently it's going to be all kinds of kick-ass. So you can shove your Star Wars. I'll take my Venture Bros. What series is that up to now, actually? Yeah, it, it, it's a gap for series six. This is. Oh shit! I've only watched up to series three so far. I've got some catching up to do. Oh my god! Where <laughs> are you? Where are you on series three? Uh, finished it. It's just that that was as far as I could get uh, on my legal service. Ah, okay. Hmm. Oh, I have to track down the other series very quickly. It's run five seasons and then a special, and then it segues into season six, which should be hopefully by the end of the year. There's a lovely quote um, from the creators, and it says, "With this new episode, we're not jumping the shark; we're riding it." <coughs> There's a lot of changes coming tonight. Apparently. 
I won't even read a review. I'm too excited. That's going to be called All This and Gargantua 2. Yeah, it's definitely a show that it sort of doesn't stick to the general tropes that you get in like animated series. It changes a lot. It rewards you for watching every episode. Every, I find all the characters are very likable. Um, I like knowing the backstories, and you feel clever, or you feel satisfied when something makes an appearance in season three that you saw in season one and you remembered like, just the little things and the, the callbacks and I fucking love the venture bro. obviously that's about uh, the idea that they killed off a character because they couldn't be bothered to do the voice anymore how are you talking about <laughs> uh, and yes sorry <laughs> I'm trying not to say anything because I don't if people go out now and watch it I don't want to spoil it but yeah there are Characters who die, and uh, it does lead yeah, on like... to important things. So, hmm. welcome to Gargantuan Two. The largest space station ever built is also the first ever to be open to the public. Twenty-one, we are going to space. What? Everybody freeze! Holy shit. They're here. Little green man! The star people fixed my pee-pee cancer! It is the future. Mankind has conquered the stars. He moves out to the endless interstellar reaches of the universe. An advanced exploration corps. A new breed of pioneer must seek out unstable planets and destroy them. Drive sequence begun. Hit it, pin back. And you are on the mission of the 21st century planet smashers. Dark Star. Okay, jumping back slightly to the Star Wars thing. This uh, saw a film the other day. It was a post-Star Wars science fiction film. Right. Uh, it's called Dark Star. Dark Star. Um, does this have a rather famous director? Uh, yep. Uh, John Carpenter and Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon. It's their yeah, student film made in 74. Okay. It was a year a bit before Star Wars. Uh, just centres around like a it's like a scout ship that's sent out to dis- destroy unstable planets so the solar systems could be inhabited by humans. So it's essentially like space truckers going out and destroying things and they s- slowly go mad just because they're stuck out in space with the same four or five people. Uh, like The captain's been killed during an accident but he's frozen in a cryogenic sp- sort of space thing where he's still alive. He still speak to them but he's dead at the same time so it's not like he's wandering around the place like they have to go ask him questions about stuff and like the bombs they send down to the planets have got some intelligence to them so they have to reason with one bomb that doesn't go off at some point that it exists therefore it is kind of thing 
It's a very odd film, uh, quite short, just over 70 minutes. But, let's say, John Carpenter obviously went on to do Lots of other films. Aliens, most famously, wrote, fleshed out the backstory for the Aliens universe, didn't he? What, John Carpenter? Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, Dan O'Bannon. Essentially, there is a scene in the film, in Dark Soul, where he, um, Dan O'Bannon actually is in the film acting, and he's chasing around a alien life form they picked up as a mascot, and the alien is a beach ball painted with comedy, like, kid toys feet from a monster so it's just a beach ball paint in colour and he's chasing it around a certain part of the ship for like tw- uh, 15 minutes so it's like an extended scene and that essentially that concept become alien but you, you wouldn't know it if you saw it I've never seen this movie but um, it's definitely something I'm aware of and I don't know why I've never seen it it sounds great I've never actually no one's ever told me what it was about or talked about it really so I've, I've just I, yeah. I would recognise the cover. It's got quite a famous... Uh, which one did you see? The one with the guy surfing? Yeah, the one with the guy surfing. Yeah. I presume well, it does happen we... in the movie. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's kind of a spoiler if I tell you what it's, okay. uh, it's for. No, but, no, no, yeah. no. By the um, means, I'm going to watch it. So. Yeah, so it's like a space truckers like Alien and the Alien scene where he's sort of walking around the place. So that's kind of influenced that film. Uh, John Carpenter, you can see the, the influences for his future films where it's done on the budget and with what they have rather than sort of using all the budget in the world to make really good special effects. One scene where uh, he has to, uh, Dan O'Bannon character has to escape a lift shaft and the entire scene is shot on the side where he's on like a trolley. So the camera's just tilted and they've made an entire scene out of that. And there is a documentary on the Blu-ray I have which is twice as long as the film itself which explains all of this but yeah definitely worth checking out if you, you can get hold of it on proof that anyone can make a movie with a smaller budget and a, and a camera yeah because it was a student film um, and they explained in the documentary is that the place they made it was quite advanced in terms of no one had a, a place like that to do stuff in colleges and universities so there was like this load of people going through that would end up being quite famous and in the movie scene and they made a film the year before they were there but the university took credit for the entire film because it was made on their premises so the whole idea with their ones they made some of it there and it, because they didn't want the credit given to the university they went in and stole all the footage and then took it to another studio and sort of fleshed it out more because they said they had like 60 minutes and the studio they took it to said yeah you need to make it a lot longer to be a, f- a full feature so you can sort of see the bits where it's done on the college campus and there's bits that are done like in a proper studio it's quite jumpy here and there some parts you can't hear the audio fully but definitely like like you say what you can do on a budget and with people who are really creative no proof that anyone with a camera and a bit of money I'm a Hollywood player like John Carpenter. What are we doing standing around here when we should we should be making movies? <laughs> Motivation? Money. Nah, I don't need money. Got, got a video camera? Got your phone? Everyone's got a video camera these days. So coming soon, the Tits movie. 
like I've got enough on my plate already. <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Uh, quick question to end the show. Uh, Boo, who would play you in a movie? Uh, who would play me in a movie? What a, what a good-looking question. Uh, in my younger days, uh, Orlando Bloom. Um, now... <laughs> Sorry. Now, John Lovitz. <laughs> Sadly, uh, mother, you know, other times not been kind to me. So, uh, yeah, from Orlando Bloom to John Lovitz in the space of about five years. Uh, take that as what you will. But, yeah, <laughs> if Chris Farley was still with us, <laughs> maybe, maybe him. <clears throat> Adam Sandler. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, it would have been Orlando Bloom, but now John Lovitz. You, sir, who would play you? James Spader. As is. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> right, glorious people, you've had enough of our time for titting this week, but don't forget to join us next week. Week. Bunny ears. <sighs> there's, all, there's all the time in the world, people, that you can miss us go back and check the old episodes but until then listen to this one on repeat so that my voice can soothe you to a slumberous sleep I think you should um, end the show on a rap my name is Bowie I've got intelligence in the brain so join us next time for the show that's insane if you like totally insane tape show then you're okay with me so join us next week from Dean and Boo Lee. that's right we out take that shit. Straight out Never made